the volume. Moneyline Monaco is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. And we're back to another episode of Moneyline Monaco. Thanks for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Happy Thirsty Thursday. We have a full slate of sports on this episode. Not one, not two, not three. Four different sports to sprinkle some shekels on today. We're talking NBA parlay out the gate. Little NCAA basketball. And of course, we would not miss on a chance to fire on Liverpool and Chelsea, one of the most classic matchups in all the Premier League land. And we end with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Get your iced tea and lemonade ready with a fan duel Pat McAfee boost as well to sprinkle on. But let's dive in. I love the picks yesterday. Leicester City drew. Didn't get us the win, but I did tell you I liked the under more and the under did cash. Loved how Utah came out against the Sixers, Harden against the X. We were all over it yesterday. The only thing I really couldn't pinpoint, I just got nothing good to say about these Pacers. So we're diving in because today is the last game of NBA matchups before the All-Star break. This is one of those tread lightly stay in the shallow end of the pool today because we don't know who's a late scratch who isn't but I'm gonna kick it off with a money line Monaco three-team parlay because against the spread on a day like today you just don't want to step on the booby traps so we're gonna fire and I'm kicking it off with the Nuggets over the Pacers who I Yesterday should have been a routing against the Cavs. I think this Pacers team misses Nate McMillan a lot. I'm taking Denver money line to kick off the parlay over the Pacers. And it's because of one man, Jokic. Did you see what this guy did against the Bucks? He embarrassed them. Somebody made over $2,000 on a $25 fan duel wager because the Nuggets spanked the Bucks by 31 plus. Jokic collected his 50th triple dub, an Ice Cube triple dub, 37 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. I love this spot for Denver. Also, coming off of a rest day, going against Indiana, who's on a back to back, and they just look like they can't catch a W if their life depended on it. So Denver, since dropping an incredibly unacceptable game against the Wizards, spanked Oklahoma City, covered against the Bulls, and dismantled the Bucks. And anytime a team has six players in double figures like the Nuggets did, followed by Murray's 24 after Jokic's stat line, you love to see it. This is a Nuggets team, third most in the league in points, second in field goal efficiency. They're starting to catch a little bit of a stride. And I love the spot Nuggets with that bubble almost aura that they had that brought them to the Western Conference Championship last year. 
I'm going to take the Nuggets in the first leg of this three-legger money line over the Pacers. We move on. Bucks minus 240. I'm looking at money line over the Grizzlies. And I know. I just talked about how great the Nuggets looked against the Bucks, but this is the COVID NBA. Everyone's allowed a bad loss. It was an unbearable loss for Milwaukee. But look, three Bucks scored in double digits in that loss. That typically doesn't happen. This is a Mike coach squad that loved to spread the rock. And they were on a five-game winning streak before this routing. They're 39% from three, led by Middleton at 43.6% from beyond the arc. It's a fantastic, fantastic spot, I feel. Even though the Grizzlies are, you know, they, they've they won three of their last four. They got a 14-point win over the Wizards. And each of those victories have been by double digits. And that includes a win against the Clippers. But will John ja Morant, if you're asking yourself this, have 35 points and 10 assists like he did against the Wizards? Will a guy named Melton shoot 6 of 10 from 3 and put up 20 points against the Bucks tonight? No, he will not. And I just think no Grayson Allen, no Kyle Anderson, probably. It's got to be, for me, without overthinking it, Bucks should handle the Grizzlies tonight, and they don't want to go in to the All-Star break on a two-straight L-sitch. And so on that note, team number two, the Milwaukee Bucks. And lastly, I think this might be my favorite of the three. I might even sprinkle a little bit on the spread. Popovich's San Antonio Spurs at home Against the Thunder, I love this spot for a number of reasons. First things first, the Spurs came off, I feel, one of their most complete wins of the season. 119-93 to over the Knicks, and they shattered that over a Baker's dozen first-half Knicks covers in a very convincing win that... What else can I tell you? Six Spurs in double figures and then four more guys with eight or nine points. That is 10 lads putting up baskets. Jimmy Buckets for Popovich's Spurs. And let's not forget, they had that weird little COVID break. They came back. They went against this Thunder team without the Rosen, mind you who will be playing in this game, and they only lost by three. And it was a loss on a ridiculous Dort game-winning three. You got to shout him out. And on top of that, Alexander had a career high. Notice how I didn't say his first name? Look, I'm plugging the last name, baby, because it's my first name. You gots to do it. 42 points the former Kentucky guard had against the Spurs. You don't think Popovich is spending a little extra time on an off day on a Wednesday watching some film so that doesn't happen? That's an unacceptable number for a team that prides themselves on team defense. So I love this spot. The parlay, Spurs at home, over the Thunder, Nuggets over the Pacers on a back-to-back, and the Bucks and this little, huh, 
Grizzlies 16 and 15 coming into this one, thinking they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Congratulations, you beat the Wizards. Who can't beat the Wizards? I guess except the Nuggets. So that's your parlay for you to kick off the program. Let's keep it rocking. All right. This is a very, very exciting English Premier League matchup. You don't get this very often in the middle of a day Pacific time. Liverpool plus 120 taking on Chelsea, hosting Chelsea at Anfield at plus 220. The ties plus 250. And as much as I want to lean Liverpool, I think the smart pick is a tie. We're also getting plus 250. It's the best number of those three options. Got to love soccer for it. You're also staring at an under 2.5 at plus 100. I think when I break down this game to you, you might want to tail on the under if you don't love a tie. Now, I will say I'm leaning Liverpool. But why in particularly I'm going to tie is two reasons. First off, Liverpool at home. This is a lot to unpack. They haven't lost four in a row at home since 1923. The Reds, Liverpool, have never lost five consecutive home games in the entire history of the club. So that stat alone, I know the players know this going into it. I know Klopp's got to get them fired up. But what do we know about the Blues? This is Blues versus the Reds, baby. Montague's Vista Capulets. These teams are very close in the table, by the way. Very close in the table. Let me give you a breakdown of what we're looking at. In the English Premier League. So Man City's running away with it right now. Man, you just had an abysmal nil-nil match against Crystal Palace. We have nothing good to say right now about Man, you or Leicester off of draws against clubs that are in truly inferior. I don't think West Ham stays at 13-6-7 in that fourth spot. That means today's matchup, this is 5-6, versus six, baby. Chelsea, 12-8-6, taking on Liverpool at 12-7-7. This is as big of a matchup as you might get the rest of the season, at least before it gets down the stretch. So as we know, Frank Lampard was sacked. That means fired in the world of soccer. And since then, Thomas Tuchel has taken over and... The guy, for whatever you want to call it, he he, sh- he shuffled the, the poker deck around. He switched the FIFA formation on us, and they're playing a lot better. I mean, it was despite a scoreless matchup against Man U and a 1-1 draw against Southampton, they looked very complete against Atletico Madrid, one nothing in the Champions League game even though it was a bicycle kick by Oliver for them to get in, they haven't lost. They haven't lost. They've drawn, but they haven't lost since Tuchel has taken over. So this four-game stretch at home Liverpool's on, prior to it, they had won or drew, so they hadn't lost in 68 consecutive games at Anfield. Truly, truly Remarkable, but we know this to be true. 
outside of a 2-0 win against Sheffield, who is just spiraling. They're at the bottom of the table. They'll be joining the England Championship League and getting relegated unequivocally. Blades are in last place. The Reds had lost four consecutive matches. They lost to Brighton, unacceptable. Spanked by Man City. Leicester City had a mockery with them, did they? 3-1. And they were shut out by Everton, 2-0. But they get Allison, hopefully back today. He was at practice. And we know Liverpool has six more goals than Chelsea on the season. And the Reds are actually third in the league at plus 16.8 goals differential. We know that Chelsea hasn't lost going on nine matches. It's a draw or a win for them since Tuchel has taken over. But I need you to know this. Chelsea has only scored 10 goals during that stretch. That's just a little more than one goal per match. That's nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about. But they've only conceded 3.5 goals on average during that stretch. So Tuchel has shaken around the offense and they still have only put up two goals once. It was a 2-1 win over the worst team in the table, Sheffield. As much as I want to go Liverpool here, I would be doing it on emotion and I think I would be doing myself a disservice. I think the under could be ripe. And I think Liverpool knows... What's at stake? There is a history with this club, one of the most revered franchises in all the land, in the English Premier League, and all of soccer, really. I think Salah shows out. Mane shows out. I mean, Curtis Jones, starting to be a little underrated over there. So my pick, I'm giving you two of them. I'm taking a draw, and I'm also going to take under 2.5, actually plus 100 on FanDuel, believe it or not. And there you have it. Midday action. Get it in early. Moneyline Monaco is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Pick a new team every game. Different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Contests include full slates and single-game contests. Compete for top cash payouts unique product features, and compete against your friends in head-to-head matchups. For new users, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Let's go. Speaking of early, crack of dawn, need you to fire on this if you're tailing. Arnold Palmer Invitational. We got two picks for you, and they're one after the other, essentially one in the same. My bet is I'm going with the top American golfer in this puppy, Bryson DeChambeau at plus 600 in Orlando, Florida, and he's swinging over to Disney World after he catches the W. 
This course is known for its infamous six hole. John Daly had himself a go there quite a ways ago, and it's going to be contingent on weather, believe it or not. With the Players Championship coming up next week, you got a bunch of quality golfers sitting this out. So I think there's a clear lane. I think we're talking about Victor, Spieth, and of course, McElroy, who's actually the favorite on FanDuel at the moment. But I love the top American golfer to be Bryson DeChambeau. And the number one reason is because he has a second place finish and a fourth place finish at this exact course. So just think about that from a golf mental perspective. He's been runner up before. He's got a savage drive. There are a myriad of par fives on this course. Take a peek. Bay Hill. He was also fourth last year. Fourth last year, runner up in 2018. Now, I did see an article that you can go one of two ways with it. He was mocked a little bit because he wasn't clearing the water on six. The winds were going ballistic, though, in his practice round. And so if you if you have any merit, if there's any relevance to the weather here, I think it might spook you a little. But I love the top American golfer to be DeChambeau. That par five on six, by the way, 555 yards. You got to hit 350 plus to clear the water. Have to. But we know this to be true. DeChambeau has a hammer on the tee box. If you don't love him to be the top American golfer, Top 10 finish is still plus 150. Now, I can't speak fully on the mindset of, are you looking ahead to the Players' Championship? Which obviously means more to people than the Arnold Palmer Invitational, clearly. Or otherwise, we'd be seeing Dustin Johnson out here today. And there's a lot of bright spots for Bryson this year. And there's a lot of, and there's a lot of bright spots for Bryson this year. In 2021, he's first in strokes gained off the tee, second in strokes gained T to green and fourth in par breakers. So without going too much more into it, the Pat McAfee super boost, if you want to fire on FanDuel, any American to win the Allner Palmer plus 175, that would include Bryce. And if you look at it right now, you got McElroy, the favorite at plus 850, Victor Holland second, and third is Bryson at plus 1,300. I think if there's one golfer, can you imagine if this ages so gorgeously that DeChambeau messes around and wins? I mean, I had a feeling about Morikawa last week, and I didn't fire. So, Colin wins last week. Bryson wins this week. I'm just going to do it. So, I, I got you. I feel great about DeChambeau. Seven PGA Tour victories, baby. Top American golfer. Plus 600, I'm firing. I'm also sprinkling a little breakfast money on the Pat McAfee Super Boost. That will go away early AM. Make sure you fire if you're interested as soon as you listen. And in conclusion, we're going back to college basketball. 
despite our woes, because I'm just, I've had enough with Oklahoma. I'm firing on Texas, plus two over Oklahoma, plus 116 on the money line via FanDuel. I'm taking Texas. A number of reasons why I'm taking Texas. I'm sick of OU right now screwing me, all right? These two danced earlier in the year, and Oklahoma won by one, 80-79, on Reeves putting up two free throws. Talk about a gross way to catch a W, but a dub's a dub's a dub, and I'm not reading too much into that. That, if you remember, Shaka Smart had COVID. So they danced in that game, and that was in the middle of an OU feeling great about themselves. And right now, they don't have any Austin Powers mojo. Dropping three straight. In the middle of that dance, they were in the middle of a four-game win streak the first time they played. This time, Texas, who did outscore them, by the way, 45-37 the first time they played, they get their coach back. And if there is such a thing as a coaching advantage, I'm sorry. I'm taking Shaka Smart over Lon Kruger all day. All right? Kruger had them in a whole nother mindset. They were on a four straight wins and two over top 10 opponents earlier in the season. They just dropped two to OK State and Kansas. I'm sorry. I'm very bothered right now by OU. You can call this emotional. We got Texas off an 81-67 win against Iowa State. Kai Jones had 17-8. Four players in double figures. Texas is 4-2 on the road. They're shooting 49% or better from the field in six of their last 10. Versus a team that's dropped three straight. And I know. When Texas is off, like them being able to beat Kansas but barely, it, it's it's not fun to watch. But it's a squad that can put five or six guys up in double figures versus OU that's really just Reeves and Harmon. It's just Reeves and Harmon. That's really it. In the game that Texas played against them, Brown had 14, Jones had 13, Coleman had 13, Donovan Williams had 11 off the bench, and Kai Jones had a double-double. So I'm taking Texas. I'm taking Shaka Smart who was probably pissed off that he couldn't play against them. And OU, I mean, they were ranked top 25 earlier in the season for the first time in two years. We know Texas is dialed in. They're a tick ahead of OU in the Big 12 standings. They want to keep it that way, headed into the tournament before the tournament. I think this is an important statement win for the Longhorns. Hook them, baby. All right, all right, all right. That's it for me. Excellent episode across the board. We're firing on a three-team parlay. NBA with it to close up shop before all-star matchups. I'm going Denver, Bucks, Spurs. We're sprinkling on the Liverpool-Chelsea tie and the under due to what we've seen. The tie. It's really going to happen. They're going to tie. If it's nil-nil, what a gorgeous day for us to kick off a Thursday. And I'm going Bryson DeChambeau without question as your top American golfer. And if we hit that, we're talking steak dinner, people. And on the way out, we're taking the Longhorns. McConaughey's Texas Longhorns, baby. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. 
Throwback Thursday. You know what it is. Put on some funky fresh James Brown or something. Get the hips going. Get loose with it. Make sure to hug your mothers. I'm out. Volume.